0: I'm a strength. Ain't nobody man enough to feel the pain. And you could be next. You better give respect. Cause ain't nobody breaking this redneck. No, they don't want none. No, they don't want none. They don't want none. No, they don't want none. They don't want none. No, they don't want none. Ain't left scared, scan on it. Don't want none. on down. And I'm a Mack truck. Don't get run over. We took country boys working over. working over I think there's about about this other to the this don't video don't want don't and podcast. don't like the who
1: met their uh, untimely demise in 2021. Um... I don't, you know, not all of these people are young. Not all of them are old. But uh, anytime somebody passes, it's sad. And uh, I just want to pay homage to some of the people uh, who put their... Bodies and lives on the line to entertain me over the years and entertain all of us wrestling fans. Um, it is not an easy sport. Those of you that have never been in a wrestling ring, uh, it is not, I repeat, repeto, not. A trampoline it is uh, several pieces of plywood put together over top of uh, um, what would you call that a grid uh, I don't know we do call something that holds things together. Uh, Sometimes there's a spring in the middle, sometimes there's not. Uh, Anyhow, and then there's a few layers of uh, carpet padding, and of course the ring canvas or cover. But it's not soft by any stretch, Um, in no particular order. Uh, Some of the folks who left us in 2021 uh, Judy Bagwell This is somebody I kind of I guess glossed over uh, until I was reading this today Um, She was of course the mother of Buff Bagwell or Marcus Alexander Bagwell uh, she got on television at, late in the uh, WCW era. Uh, there was, it, it, these people bring back memories. So don't feel me. Uh, don't think of me as cruel if I if I giggle a little. Uh, obviously, I'm, it's not funny. But some of the things they did to entertain me just brought bring a smile and a laugh. Um, But she was involved in... uh, It was going to be like Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Well, you can't really string somebody from a pole. And WCW, especially at the end, uh, was known for on-a-pole matches. And whatever wrestler got the item on the pole either won the match or if it was... Some sort of weapon. They got to use the weapon. Uh, I, I don't really know why Judy Bagwell. Uh, they ended up putting her on a forklift with a, There was like a pallet or a skid on the forklift, and she stood on that, and they raised it up. And the winner of the match, I, I think, one of the people was obviously her son Buff Bagwell, uh, and whoever. Uh, one got to keep Judy Bagwell. But uh, Judy passed away, and you know, condolences to her family and her son, uh, Buff or Marcus, whatever you want to call him. Uh, another fellow who passed away, that kind of was another under the radar guy, but very big in Lucha Libre in Mexico, uh, was super porky Jose Neves. I'm probably not pronouncing his last name right. It's spelled N-I-E-V-E-S, Neves. (coughs) (coughs) For a a little while, the SmackDown brand brought back midget wrestling. I guess we're supposed to say little people, uh, but whatever. They were always so cool. Uh, And I loved that as an an attraction as a kid. Uh, Every, I don't know, six months or once a year, the wrestling companies would bring out the little people. And they would put on a really cool match. Uh, And this super porky was one of those guys. Um, And he did not make it to the WWF. WWE, and but he was bigger and more well known in Mexico in the lucha libre circuit. Um, another guy was a was a famous jobber, but he made the the stars like Hulk Hogan look good. And that's what uh, these enhancement talent they call them now. They call them jobbers. When I first learned wrestling lingo, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, he went by the ring name Rusty Brooks. Uh, his real name was Kurt uh, Koshy, Koski, Uh He, I can't, I don't remember a lot about him, but he was uh, in this video package I watched of wrestlers who passed away this year. Uh, He was big in WWE as a jobber. He even made it on to Tuesday Night Titans, which was uh, a precursor to uh, WWE Primetime Wrestling, Uh, WWE Raw. I forget what it was called before that. But it was... uh, Vince McMahon's attempt to be and light my cigar back up. Vince's fledgling attempt to be the Johnny Carson of wrestling. That was a. There we go completely late night talk show format <laughs> but anyhow I won't go into that I want to talk about these folks that passed. Blackjack Lanza one of the true badasses of wrestling he was six foot over six foot five. Uh, he was tag team partner with Blackjack Mulligan. And they were the blackjacks, and they were cowboys. Uh, This was, you know, back in an era when it was almost like a law in wrestling. Every territory or company had to have a cowboy, a a Native American or Indian, um, a soldier gimmick, a masked wrestler or two. Uh, But blackjack. Lanza was one of the real badasses of wrestling legitimate tough guy, and I just found this out tonight. He was actually at one point a sociology teacher. He was a teacher. Do you imagine walking into a classroom with this six foot five or six foot eight three hundred pound guy? with a big black handlebar mustache as your teacher (laughs) that would be something to see in a classroom Uh, it says he died of undisclosed causes so probably natural causes uh, we would you would assume what was his doesn't say his real frickin name in the in the article Jack oh, Jack Lanzo, so they took, they replaced the O with an A and he became Black Jack Lanza. There you go, now you know. Uh, let's see here, go back up. Beautiful Bobby Eaton uh, passed away very recently and uh, I'll sum up Beautiful Bobby Eaton in two stories. Uh, Jim Cornette, on his YouTube and podcast, uh, wanted to do a tribute show. And Jim, a lot of you don't think of as a uh, person with a big heart. Uh, He started the introduction to the show several times, and they had to keep re-recording because he kept breaking down crying, uh, even in the the final cut of the podcast. Uh, Corn- you could hear Cornett cracking and breaking into tears, uh, talking about the passing of Bobby Eaton. Uh, he was 62 years old, pretty young, uh, in my opinion. Only a few years older than Jim Cornette, who's 58 years old. Uh, Bobby got started, if I'm m- memorying correctly, uh, in Memphis. At least that's where he got you know, his first big push. And Bobby was not a, a steroid guy. Not, didn't look muscular, but anybody that wrestled him said he was uh, very snug, very thick. He was solid as a rock. And he was one of the first guys to do aerial moves, uh, jumping off the top rope, um, doing a knee drop. He started with a leg drop, and then uh, when he realized you know that's going to take its toll on my spine and my hips, he started doing a knee drop off the top rope uh, to finish his matches. And he did a few other aerial maneuvers as well. Um, his most famous match is probably the Night of the Skywalkers with against the Road Warriors. The Midnight Express versus the Road Warriors. Uh, he was in two variations of the Midnight Express. Initially, his partner was Dennis Condry and then uh, Sweet Stan Lane after that. And Jim Cornette was always his manager. Uh, the other thing about Bobby Eaton the other story to sum him up when WCW or NWA Crockett Promotions wanted to go into prime time and go uh, almost head to head with WWF in the prime time one of the first bouts that they had they wanted to show how that they were more of a sport and what a good wrestling product they put on so obviously Ric Flair was at the top of that card and a guy named Jim Hurd wanted Flair to wrestle anybody but Bobby Eaton And Flair demanded and got his way because otherwise Flair wasn't going to wrestle. And you couldn't have this uh, showcase of your talent without Ric Flair. And Flair insisted on wrestling Bobby Eaton in the main event of that show because he said Bobby Eaton was the most talented wrestler in the company. So that speaks to Bobby Eaton's ability in the ring. Jim Cornette, when he started, it may have been Smokey Mountain Wrestling or OVW, one of the two, but he wanted Bobby Eaton to come in and show guys how to do the -the off-the-top rope maneuvers, the leg drop, the knee drop, and... Bobby was such a natural at it, he couldn't teach other people. When something, whether it's a musical instrument or uh, mathematics or a physical skill comes so naturally to you that it's just second nature... Sometimes you can't teach it, but it's a symbol of how good you are at that skill that you just do it without thinking. That was Bobby Eaton. Another one, it was always one of my favorite guys, was Butch Reed, or sometimes known as Hacksaw Butch Reed. Uh, I remember him most as being the tag team partner of... Ron Simmons in the masked and then unmasked tag team Doom. And they were great. Phenomenal athletes, great bodies. Uh, Butch Reed wrestled in the old territory system. Uh, He had some stints in WWF as well. Uh, He could have been a world champion, in my opinion. But, you know, ne- just never quite was. Uh, he was always the second to the, the top guy. But without Hacksaw Butch Reed, you know, Ron Simmons would have never gotten over and gotten his uh, bearings. And never would have been become WCW champion. Because it was Butch Reed that, in that tag team, Doom, that taught Ron Simmons ring psychology. Taught him how to wrestle, in a way. So, Hackshaw Butch Reed, 66 years old. Passed away of a heart attack this year. Uh, we come to another one of my uh, favorites as a kid. Corporal Kirshner, uh, he passed away at age 64. Uh, he was in WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was the, the tail end of the everyone has to have a character uh, or gimmick era. And he was the army guy, of course, hence hence the name Corporal Kirshner. Uh, His real name is Michael James Penzel. Uh, He would come out to the ring with a green beret hat, which I never figured out why they're called green berets when their berets are actually like a maroon color. But anyway, uh, dog tags, camouflage t-shirt, you know, military fatigue pants. Um, And he... He won quite a few matches, had went pretty high up on the WWE card to the mid to lower upper card level. Uh, he was perceived as a real American hero wrestler. Uh, the next one is, ooh, this is a tough one to talk about, uh, Daphne Unger or Daphne or the Scream Queen uh or the governor Daphne uh Shannon Spirill is her actual name um i was a big fan of hers i man i really wish uh i would have made it to um there's a wrestling show or two or three in Circleville Ohio And she was there, you know, signing autographs and so on and so forth. Um, she committed suicide live on Instagram. Uh, the feed was cut just before she pulled the trigger. Uh, she was suffering from a lot of mental illnesses in my opinion. Uh, some of her final thoughts and final words were, um, how many times am I supposed to be down and come back up? How many times am I supposed to come back? Uh, in in her video, and I'm not sure that it whether it's been taken care of or not, but she wanted her brain to be uh, taken and sent to the uh, CTE or post concussion syndrome. Uh, laboratory in Boston to be analyzed for CTE Uh, they can't really even though I've, I've seen CAT scans of people with CTE but maybe the scans were done after they died I don't know, I don't care She wanted her brain donated to science because she thought she was suffering from concussion syndrome. And she, I don't recall her taking a lot of shots to the head. Uh, I don't recall her doing like diving headbutts like Chris Benoit. But every time a wrestler takes a bump or a fall, like I'm watching right now and this guy's getting pow driven two okay two times in a row and then some other move where he I mean he's supposed to look like he's landing on his head but he's not actually but it doesn't matter his brain is still getting rattled Uh, inside his skull, and I think that's where Daphne was getting the impression that she had CTE was from taking bumps. Uh, Daphne was quite a good female wrestler She was known mainly as a uh, manager or second or valet, uh, however you want to put it. Um, But she... I can't find the name of the other girl that was in the match. She was in a match with a friend of hers who was handicapped and the friend wanted to have one wrestling match in her life and Daphne trained the girl to wrestle uh, and then tried to carry her through a wrestling match at an independent show and Daphne did her best she you know it was not a pretty match A lot of people on the internet cut up on this match, made fun of it, but Daphne did a friend a favor and made the friend's lifelong dream come true. And that's a tribute to Daphne's personality. Uh, Really sad to see her go. Very underrated for her beauty. Um, I think she was one of the most beautiful women in wrestling. Um, and from all accounts, a beautiful person, also. So sad, sad to see you go uh, the way you did Daphne. So uh, another wrestling personality. Who passed away this year was Jim Crockett Jr., the heir to Crockett Promotions. Uh, a lot of people don't realize, you know, when you are watching uh, World Championship Wrestling at 6:05 on the Superstation TBS, uh, you are watching Crockett Promotions. Sometimes it was called NWA, uh, but it was always Crockett promotions. He is the guy who came the closest to competing with Vince McMahon. And if it were not for bad bookkeeping, and some people say if not for Dusty Rhodes overspending, Crockett might well. still be in business. He eventually had to sell to Ted Turner because they were spending so much money and make they they thought they were making so much money so fast that they didn't grow as a company. They still had one bookkeeper, one secretary, and they had, you know, A few offices in uh, an old car lot building, a a little used car lot building, was the office for Crockett Promotions, right? Not exactly WWE standard of... Um, management of a, a wrestling company, I guess you would say. It was um, certainly run like a mom and pop wrestling company, even when they, you know, ended up having two jet airplanes—one for the the A squad and one for the B squad—to fly around the country. And a lot of times they're running two separate wrestling shows a night and sometimes the top guys would hop on one of the jets and wrestle both sets of shows Uh, other times it was to fly the let's just say A team and the B team to their um to their matches in whatever city they were wrestling in. Anyhow, Jim Crockett Jr. really had the wrestling side of the wrestling business down pat. He... He could have competed with Vince McMahon on a high level and I think it would end up being too territories, where, you know, the Northeast and the part of the country that likes sports entertainment would have belonged to Vince, and the rest of the country that liked wrestling, liked the sports side of wrestling, would have belonged to Crockett. But... We'll never know because, uh, pure and simple, um, you know, Cro- Crockett didn't have the management team behind him to uh, compete with Vince. He didn't have the office management side of things down. Uh, like WWE has, has, had, has. Had. Oh, you understand what I'm trying to say. So, Jim Crockett, rest in peace, 2021. Uh, all elite wrestling is trying to pick up where Crockett Promotions left off. Um, also, there's still an NWA. Uh, it's owned by Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corgan, and, and um, they try to run things as old school as possible with uh, the way that the NWA used to be. More focused on wrestling than its than the sports entertainment side of things. Uh, another guy passed away. Really in it, you could say the prime of his life, was Jimmy Rave. I remember Jimmy Rave coming out in Ring of Honor. And he was going to be the next AJ Styles. Uh, So much so that AJ Styles put him over in uh, an NWA territory. Uh, and made Jimmy rave a star um, He wrestled in uh, ring of honor total Nonstop action uh, smaller wrestlings like combat zone CZW uh, Dragons Dragon Gate USA, which is a great wrestling company uh, full impact pro um, He had personal demons usually means he had a drug problem. Um, Severe health problems plagued him uh, the last years of his life. Uh, He became a triple amputee. That's sad. Um, He was born James Michael Guffey in Atlanta, Georgia in 1982. So rest in peace, Jimmy Rave. this is a really old school wrestler the masked assassin or the assassin jody Hamilton now I know why he went by the name assassin <laughs> uh undisclosed causes eighty two years old we'll assume natural causes old age uh he had a long career uh He was known as the assassin number one, teamed with assassin number two. Um, He had success in tag team competition. He was the youngest man to co-main event uh, a match at Madison Square Garden. Very, uh, Very impressive. One of the old school masked wrestlers. Never took his mask off public or anywhere else, always kept the mask on. Uh, this was a surprising one, New Jack, he just had a Vice documentary in Dark Side of the Ring and he was known <clears throat> mostly as an ECW wrestler. Uh, he would come out to the ring with his shopping cart full of weapons which was anything from a frying pan to a Singapore cane. Uh, I think I saw one of the old electric football games in there. The, the old It was like the big sheet metal football field, and you turned it on and it vibrated, and the little players vibrated across the field. <laughs> I, <coughs> I still have one. It was my dream as a kid to have one of those stupid things. I eventually bought myself one and it's somewhere in my attic collecting dust. Uh, New Jack, Jerome Young, he was my friend on Facebook and we actually had a few interactions together, uh, talking late at night on uh, Facebook comments. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, he's best, I wouldn't say he's best known for, but there was an incident with a big fat wrestler named Mass Transit, and it was uh, Devon Dudley and Mass Transit teaming up against New Jack and Mustafa. New Jack told uh, Devon, "Go back to the go back to the dressing room." And this kid that didn't know how to wrestle, who lied about his age, lied about who he trained with, New Jack took a straight razor to his head or an X Acto knife and cut the shit out of him. <laughs> to the point the kid's dad thought he was going to die. And New Jack almost got assault charges on him for that. In fact, uh, it says here he was charged with assault and battery. And while he was acquitted, the incident led to the cancellation of ECW's first pay-per-view, barely legal. And then uh, there's a video in here of him blading mass transit. Only 58 years old. Um, Another thing he's infamous for is his feud with Vic Grimes. It started in ECW where Vic and New Jack were supposed to take a dive off of a scaffold. And Vic Grimes got nervous and said, I I can't do this. So New Jack said, we're going on three. One, two, three. And he pulled... (laughs) Pulled... Uh, Vic Grimes off the scaffold and Vic's fat ass landed on New Jack's head uh, causing permanent blindness and and a fractured skull uh, in just one of New Jack's eyes. Then later on in a rematch in XPW, kind of the generic version of ECW, uh, they were on a 50 foot high scaffold and there must have been like 30 tables stacked up in the ring. And New Jack got a taser up there, tasered Vic Grimes, and instead of throwing him through the stacks on top of stacks of tables, which would have broken his fall, uh, he threw him past the tables and tried to throw him straight out to the concrete. Luckily, the ring ropes broke. Vic Grimes's fall, and you you see him hit the ring ropes and fold and Vic Grimes, like literally fold in half, like his face touched his feet. Okay. Uh, and Vic Grimes got out of it with just a dislocated ankle. He's lucky to have lived. But that was New Jack. Uh, one of my favorites as a kid, even though he was a bad guy a lot of the time, was Paul Orndorff. He passed away this year. Um, he was suffering from uh, either Alzheimer's or dementia. And there were some really sad videos of him uh, on online that his son posted, which I really don't think the son should have posted. But anyhow, he did. Uh, Paul Orndorff, who main-evented the first Wrestlemania, Paul Orndorff who ended up taking the pin because um, R- Roddy Piper refused to let Mr. T get the pin fall in any way, shape, or form. So. <clears throat> Paul Orndorff was holding Hulk Hogan to uh, be hit by cowboy Bob Orton with Bob Orton's supposedly broken arm cast and instead Hogan moved. Of course Orton hit Paul Orndorff and Hogan quickly covered him. Uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka jumped in the ring and held Orndorff back. Mr. T and Roddy Piper were duking it out in the corner and Orndorff took the fall and then Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton left the ring and there was Paul Orndorff by himself with Hogan, Snuka and Mr. T. Uh, That led to a Paul Orndorff babyface turn and then eventually he turned on Hulk Hogan And they had a great feud. Uh, The thing that Paul Orndorff said in one of his shoot interviews before he became incapacitated was the more they hated me the more money I made so I loved it when they hated me because the more money I made the more they hated me. Uh, Great feud between he and Hulk Hogan which could, shoulda, coulda, woulda been a great Wrestlemania match but I think the blow off match was uh, inside the steel cage on Saturday night's main event Another guy that passed away this year was Ryan Sakota. died at the tender age of 48 um, Unknown causes it says a uh, wrestler better known for his days in smaller promotions, but spent time working in the WWE in 2003 and 2004 as part of a developmental contract. Um, he was born in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, he was a sidekick to somebody. Um, he was trained by Rick Bassman who trained Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Sakota worked in Ultimate Pro Wrestling as well as Zero One, which Zero One was huge in Japan in the early 2000's and then fizzled out just about as quickly as it rose to uh, prominence. Another uh, unfortunate passing we had this year was the Patriot Dell Wilkes. Uh, He was awesome. Great wrestler. Just great technician in the ring. Uh, Came out waving the American flag, wearing red, white, and blue. He wrestled indies uh, up until a few years ago. Uh, Passed away at the age of 59 years old. Says here, heart attack. Um, Best known as the Patriots. Growing up, grew up in South Carolina, uh, became uh, one of only four consensus All-American football players in uh, South Carolina University history, setting various school records along the way, Uh, stepped away from the gridiron for the Square Circle in the late 80s, Uh, wrestled in 1988 with the AWA. <clears throat> but wasn't until the early nineties is run with the global wrestling federation. He was first given the Patriot moniker, perhaps most recognized as WWF, WWE 1997. He had a short run with the company uh, during the wrestling boom of the late nineties, uh, feuding with the Hart foundation in the summer and fall of 1997. Uh, Yeah, he he, he was just a great ring technician. Uh, Can't say enough good about the Patriot, Del Wilkes, and for all intents and purposes, was a great guy from what I hear. Um, Some other names, Angelo Mosca, M-O, S-C-A, uh, Barry Orton, Buddy Colt, Don Kernoodle. uh He was a great tag team wrestler. Uh, I can't remember who he tagged with. But he was a big, great wrestler in the mid-Atlantic and uh, Memphis territory. Dominic DeNucci. Dominic DiNucci. Uh, wrestling legend from the Pittsburgh area. Best known for training Mick Foley uh, as well as Shane Douglas. They were in the same wrestling class together. Uh, Obviously Mick Foley went on to bigger and better things than Shane Douglas. Although Shane's... I always liked Shane Douglas but I guess he was kind of a, a... difficult backstage. I don't know. Dominic DeNucci five, ten years ago, had a maybe it was longer ago than that. I don't know. But he had a Russian chain match at the Cauliflower Alley cauliflower alley uh what do they call it meeting i guess it's always in it's, it's a fund cauliflower alley is a fundraiser for wrestlers that uh, are down on their luck have financial problems or something like that but wrestling fans and legendary wrestlers gather every year in las vegas and they have some legends matches. Like I just said, the chain match with Ivan Koloff and Dominic DiNucci. Um, <clears throat> they also have some young up-and-coming wrestlers come in and wrestle. But Dominic DiNucci just was a phenomenal wrestler. Obviously a phenomenal trainer. Uh, wrestled probably, what, 50s, 60s, 70s and then trained wrestlers after that. Uh, Joseph Josephus Hudson. Can't say that I've heard of him, but I'm sure he's a good wrestler in his own right. Uh, one that really got me, because I had some interactions with her on Facebook right before the, uh, the end of her life, was Melissa Coates. Uh, I got to know her through the bodybuilding magazines. And then she had uh, a lot of uh, time spent at Ohio Valley Wrestling, WWE's training ground. Uh, She had a few stints on WWE TV, but never really got the push that she deserved. Uh, Beautiful woman, died at 50 years old of blood clots Uh, earlier this year. She had, or maybe it was the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021, she had to have uh, the lower part of one of her legs amputated. <clears throat> and wrestlers and wrestling fans uh, had to get behind her on, online through fundraising to uh, raise money to help her with medical bills. Uh, and she was in the process of getting healthy uh, when she passed away. She was uh, the girlfriend of and the valet to uh, Sabu for the last six or seven years of her life. Uh, Always seemed like a nice person. Beautiful woman, right up until she passed away. uh, Was in great athletic shape. Sad to see her go. Um, Unfortunately, when she was... In when she would have been at her peak in wrestling, women's wrestling was not taken as seriously as it is now uh, so a, a bodybuilder female wrestler would not have just didn't go any go anywhere in the era of bikini matches and pillow fight matches and things like that. But Melissa Coates, I respect the heck out of her. Thought she was a great technical wrestler for a woman, um, beautiful on the outside and the inside from uh, what I can un- what I can understand. So those are the wrestlers who left us untimely in 2021. Um, so thoughts and prayers with their families, uh, the lives they touched. You know, it, it's strange to me how through social media uh, and television we get to know these people. <clears throat> I, I saw and commented on and vice versa uh, a lot of posts from uh, the patriot Del Wilkes, I mean, he really was a, a patriotic person. Um, he, he loved America, and that was his gimmick. And that was his real life persona, turned up to 11. You know, um, all these people, they put their bodies out there on the line to entertain people like me and some of you listening and watching and it's really sad to see them uh, go. And it's almost like a part of you dies with them. Of course, you know, yesterday we lost the football legend, John Madden, who <clears throat> was a bigger than life personality, just like wrestlers are. And just like some wrestlers have that ability to project their personality through the camera, through their character. That's kind of how John Madden was. And the best wrestlers uh, are projecting their real-life persona but with the volume turned up to 11. Uh, and, and all of these folks that I just spent 50-some minutes talking about were those kind of people. They came through the camera or they came through on social media in a way that you felt like you knew them personally. So with that God bless you guys. Pray for one another. And we'll talk at you the next time on Americana the American Way.
0: Oh my,